you have chosen to be with us this morning. I want to take just a moment and and remember those who have given their lives for us. Uh, it was back in 1868, General John Logan of the, the great army uh, declared that there should be a, a day uh, for those who've lost their lives, and it was called Decoration Day. And on May 30th, all the people would stop and remember those who had sacrificed for them. About 100 years later in 1970, Congress would later call it Memorial Day and change it to the first, excuse me, the last Monday of May. And it too would be a time to remember. And with all the things that we have going on now and all the, the schedules and plans and the excitement of what summer is going to bring, I want to take just a moment. For those of you in this room who have lost loved ones while serving, for all of us who uh, are able to live in the country that we live in because of the sacrifice that was made, and even for us to remember as Christians as we have lost loved ones who have served in the Lord's army, I want to take this moment and just remember them and honor them, and in doing so, honor God. We spent a lot of time talking over the last several weeks and, and even months about what the future of the church might look like. And in doing so, I don't want to take away from what the past has afforded us and the people who have gone before us and paved the way. But one of the things I want us to think about and focus on is what are we really doing and how can we honor those who have gone places and done things that we never imagined you know in a book that i've been reading over the last several weeks it's called canoeing the mountains and if that sounds strange it's because it is the idea of taking a canoe over the mountains is absolutely crazy and yet there were a group of men who as they were uh, discovering the new world they they were trying to to, to go out, Lewis and Clark, they, they believed that at some point they were going to see the rest of the West and they were going to see it in a canoe. But it didn't happen that way, did it? They got to the Rocky Mountains. They expected to see this gentle slope back down uh, to the other side of the country because that's how it had been on the east side. And they got there and it wasn't there at all. And they were forced to say, what are we going to do? Are we going to insist on carrying our canoes up and down the mountains because that's what got us here? Or are we willing to say, you know what, the terrain is different and we have to navigate this area in a completely different way? And so this morning, I want us to be thinking about that. And I want to use maybe a little bit of a silly analogy but I want to make sure that you stay awake this morning. And so what I've done is I've, I've grabbed some clothes from my closet. And I want you to help me out to decide, based on what I might wear, what I might be, and what I might be doing, 
Uh, and, and what purpose am I trying to serve? So let's just start off with a simple one here. Tim, Barb, you can't be a part of this one. I'm sorry. You already know the answer. If you see me wearing a shirt like this, what do you think? Yeah, I'm on my way to Hawaii, okay? I'm, I'm a tourist. I'm a traveler. Okay, so, so is this about my identity? Do I wear this to identify who I am? Is there a function to this? Why would I wear something like this? To, to fit in. If I wore this any other day, you would think this really doesn't serve a purpose. This identifies me as a traveler, as a tourist. And so if I'm walking around in one of these, you're thinking, this guy doesn't really belong here. Uh, he's just here for a little bit. Okay, so let's... Let's think of another one here. Uh, how about we go to this one right here? What if I were to, to grab this shirt right here? Do I wear this for identity or do I wear this for a purpose? Okay, I'm wearing it for a purpose. What purpose am I wearing this for? Because I'm headed to Pine Springs. But, but now that's really, this really just serves as my identity. This says what I'm a part of. Okay, it doesn't necessarily serve a purpose unless you say, well, you know, it's short sleeve, it's a, a t-shirt, it's comfortable. But it can serve a purpose. I spent uh, many years working in a daycare, and when we would head out on these little activities, if we'd go to the zoo, we would, we would dress the kids all in the same colored shirt. And so it identified them, but it also served as a purpose. It allowed people to see that, that we're together, and if one tries to take off towards the monkeys, well, it depends on who it is, whether we let them go or not. <laughs> okay, um, how about this one right here? What is this? Does anybody know what this is? I, let me, this is a little different. I'm actually going to put this one on. I'm not putting anything up. Scotty's getting nervous because I'm up here. There's a rack of clothes. I'm not taking anything off. I'm just putting something on here. So we're good here. So what? if you saw me wearing this, what do you think? I'm a pharmacist, okay? I, this is a smock. I think it's what they call it. Uh, you wear this. Um, I suppose there might be a purpose for it. I guess you could put a few things in here. But really, more than anything else, it's to identify who you are. If I'm walking around in Walgreens and I have this on, you think, well, I'm a worker or I'm a possibly a pharmacist of some kind and maybe I have some kind of knowledge. And so um, this still doesn't serve necessarily a purpose so much as it does an identity. But again, I keep going back to that, so let's, let's hang on to that. Uh, how about this right here? What if I were to wear something like this? Is, I could be a veteran, okay? Does this... Does this serve as an identity or does it have a purpose? It has a purpose. What's the purpose? To hide. Okay, because I want to blend in. If I'm wearing something camouflage, it's because I want to, to, to blend in. Uh, and so you could wear this for an identity, but really this is meant for a purpose. There's a reason why you would wear it. Hang in here, guys. I, we're going somewhere with this. Okay, what about this right here? Man, it's been a long time since I busted one of these out. We, yeah. Did I do something wrong?
this could be a straight jacket. <laughs> oh, there they are. Look at that. I, okay. So now we have to talk about this. Is that still not right? That It goes like that? It's been that long. Okay, so let me ask this. Does this serve a purpose or is it an identity? You can put your phone and keys in this thing. As a straight jacket. You know, this is one of those things that absolutely uh, is about identity. Um, this is, I, I, I watched um, a graduation this weekend, and, and wearing this thing is, is not that easy, especially those that, if they're a little bit shorter, if the individual wearing it's a little bit shorter. I saw people, they were hiking them up because they couldn't see the stairs. They didn't want to fall. This is not good for, for a purpose. This is meant to identify who you are and maybe what you've done. Okay, just a couple more. We're almost done here. Okay, how about this? I feel like Mr. Rogers. If only I had a cardigan on, that's just going to fall down. How about this right here? Okay. This is for identification. Okay. Um, who am I? If I put this on, who am I? I'm so sad that nobody said I'm Jason Witten because don't I look like Jason Witten? I'm about to say, if, if I was playing football and somebody knocked off my helmet, I would just keep on running. That's what Jason Witten did. This actually uh, is a jersey uh, uh, to salute the service, and so that's why it's in the, the camo, but this is a Cowboys jersey. Um, who might wear one of these? A fan. Okay, this is, this is not meant for a football player. If a football player can put on shoulder pads and fit in this thing, I really hope they're in peewee football because otherwise they're just going to get run over, right? But there are some functions to this. It's, it's really heavy duty. It can take a lot of pulling and stuff, but still, um, it's a little more form-fitting. Uh, but as a fan, this is for identity. This is not for purpose. Okay, I have one more I want to show you. Uh, how about this little guy? Does anybody know what this is? Scotty Holloman knows what this is. Brett Blackman knows what this is. Can anybody tell me what this is? It is a, a cycling jersey. And let me tell you, um, this, is, this was made for purpose, for a function. Okay, I, I would not put this on, and certainly not in front of all of you. This thing is its tight. It's, it's short in the front because you're bending over the whole time. It's long in the back. It is super tight. Um, it's pretty light. It's, it's uh, wicks away sweat. And then it has something that's really interesting. What does it have in the back? Pockets. And this is a very important function because when you're riding a bike, you're over like this. And if you want to grab something like energy gel or something, you reach in the back. You're not going to be able to get to it in the front. And so you do that. This was made for function. It is, you don't look around. People don't walk around and say, wow, that looks really cool. It is an awkward looking jersey. But it has a very important function. And so I want you to think about that. When you go to your closet... And you say, what am I going to wear today? Are you thinking, I'm going to wear this because it identifies who I am? Or am I going to wear it because it serves a purpose? 
And so stop for just a second. Look down. When you woke up this morning and said, I'm going to wear this, why? Because you're going to church? Are you wearing this to identify who you are? Or are you wearing it because you believe it will serve some sort of purpose? Let's, let's say it's not a Sunday morning. Let's say that you're headed uh, to the oil field. Are you going to wear what you're wearing now? Why not? It doesn't fit in, so it's not a part of your identity. If you wear something out in the oil field, are you going to wear something maybe to identify who you are? You might have your name on there or your title, but you're also going to wear something that helps function. You don't want something loose around all that equipment that's moving, right? I want to talk about the church, and I want to ask the question, how should the church dress? Do we dress for function, or do we dress for identity? So let's go with this for just a minute more. If you were commissioned to design outerwear for church members, what would it look like? If you said, okay, the, a, a church has called and said, we need to have outerwear for our members, how do you think it should look? What, what purpose should it serve? Should it be about identity or should it be about a purpose? Yes. What should it look like? Ephesians chapter 6. He's going to talk about the putting on the full armor of God. I think one of the things that we immediately go to when I say, okay, let's, let's design outerwear for the church. I think the first thing we think of is, well, what do we wear on Sunday morning? And that's, you're going to think, oh, you know, a button-up shirt would be nice. Maybe a collar. You're certainly not shorts. Ladies, you, you can wear pants now. That's, that's recent. I, I grew up in a church where ladies were supposed to wear dresses to church. That was, I couldn't wear shorts. Uh, well, on Wednesday nights we could. We could get away with it. But, but not on Sunday mornings, right? But what if, what if the church, what if our purpose is not simply to sit in here? What if our greater purpose is to be out there. Do you think maybe we should dress differently? Do we wake up in the morning and think, I wonder what the Lord would want me to wear today. I wonder what job that he has for me. Now, I want to remove myself from this analogy now because I'm really not talking about dress codes on Sunday mornings and what's appropriate and what we really should wear. But what I really want to talk about is, is the idea of, is the church created to identify who we are, to suggest where we're going, or to fulfill some kind of greater purpose? Now, Paul loves to use uh, repetition over and over again to emphasize a point. And 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is a perfect example of that. In fact, if you look in the New Testament, uh, excuse me, in the NIV, and you want to do a word search for the word body, 
that word is going to appear 227 times in the entire Old and New Testament. But what's interesting is that only 85 of those times are in the Old Testament, which is much larger, but 142 times in the New Testament. And what's even more interesting is when you get to the letter to the Corinthians, the first two letters, the two letters that we know that he writes, he uses the word body 40 times. And then if you look at just 1 Corinthians chapter 12, one chapter, that chapter alone uses the word body 13 times more than any other book in the entire Bible. No book uses the word body more times than Paul does in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And so the question we have to ask ourselves is, why would he do this? So let's, let's just read it. We're going to start in verse 12 of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And, and just a reminder, um, is, is the church in Corinth, is it healthy or unhealthy? Is it functional or is it dysfunctional? It is dysfunctional and unhealthy on a lot of levels. So just keep that in mind as he's going to be sharing this with them. He says, just as a body, the one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body. So it is with Christ. We were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, whether slave or free, whether Democrat or Republican, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. I might have added something in there, but let's keep going. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. He keeps going on. Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it would not be for that reason, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. Now, he's going to go on and talk about this idea of saying, well, some people think that some body parts are more important than others. And one can say, ah, oh, you know, you're not really that important. You know, you're, you're there, you do something, but, but I'm way more important than you. But he, he, he closes uh, out in this. He says, verse 27, now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. And so I want to talk about for just a, a few seconds, I want to ask ourselves a question. What's the purpose of the church? You know, if, if you read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, you might get the idea that what the church is called to be is to be a unifying body that loves and respects one another, that we protect one another, that, that our goal is to be a body. And there are some churches, some congregations that really like to emphasize that. In fact, I've been in several churches where they stand up and they tout, we're the friendliest church in town. 
As if somehow they have some measurement after they've gone around to the different churches and graded them and decided, we win, we're the best, we're friendlier than everybody else. Now, I don't think there's anything wrong with being friendly, but my question is, is that really what we're all about? Are we just to be a friendly church, a tight church, a church that that cares for one another, or maybe there's something a little more to this. Maybe the end goal is not to be a unified body, but that's just a means to something else. I believe that's the case. And I think Paul would argue that as well, because the very last words of chapter 12, he says this, and now... I will show you the most excellent way. Period. End of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Which means the next words open up with what? 1 Corinthians 13. And folks, you better know what that one is. If you've been married, if you've been to a wedding, if you know someone who's been married or keeps scriptures on a magnet on their refrigerator, 1 Corinthians 13 is one of those. He says, okay, I want you to be unified. You're supposed to be a body, but you're not called, we're not called just to be a body. We're called to be a body so that we can efficiently and effectively do what? He says this. He says, if I speak in the tongues of, of men and of angels, but I don't have love. I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecies and I can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but if I have not love, I am nothing. If I give all that I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. If we are the friendliest church to one another, but we don't go out and show love, we are nothing. We were not called as a church to be a really tight group of people that is exclusive. That says, we're not like those people. We're better than those people. We have a secret and we're not letting it out. And we're going to lock arms and we're going to hold tight and we're going to be unified. Well, that's great. But if that doesn't lead us to go out and fulfill our purpose, we're nothing. Think about this. I would love, I'm still waiting, I would love to get a call from the Cowboys that says, you know what, we want you to play for us. I'm still waiting for that phone call. I think they've lost my number, right? They're not doing real well. They could use some help. Maybe I'm the guy who can help them out. I don't know. I could be a kicker, not a good one. But this jersey would fit me just fine, even with shoulder pads. But if, if I got called, let, let's, let's kind of move this away. Let's say that like I, I really am an athlete. I'm a, a fine specimen of a man. I mean, even better than this right here. I'm 240 pounds. I have been eating, breathing, practicing football my whole life. And all of a sudden, I get picked up by the Cowboys. Do you think my goal 
is to put on this jersey? You think my goal was to go put on this jersey and walk out, you know, in front of the 100,000 people and just kind of wave and then go step back down again? No. We can look really good and we can be friendly and unified, but if that's all we do, we're like a football team that shows up wearing jerseys and all sit on the sidelines while the game goes on. As a church, we are called not simply by our identity, but also we have a greater purpose. He's going to say, "Look, listen guys, love is patient, love is kind, it is not envy, it is not boast, it is not proud, it is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but it, all, it rejoices in the truth, it always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always persevere. Love never fails. That, that's our purpose. How is the church dressed? Is it for purpose or is it identity? It is to show love. But hang on here. Being one body is not an end. It's simply the means. And showing love is a means, but it too is not the end. So the church suits up and then we go love the world. We ought to be the loveliest group of loving people that ever loved. And then the world can look at us and they say, look, those guys are champions of love. That's what we want, right? We want the Super Bowl champion of saying, look, we love better than anybody. Is that really what we're going for? No. We love because God is love. He loves us, and as followers of Him, we love like He does. This is where we get to our goal. And Paul is going to talk about this two chapters later. He says, For what I received, I passed on to you as first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to scriptures that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day according to scriptures we are created to glorify God and point to Jesus this is not who we are nicely dressed sitting here mostly awake that's not who we are we don't do church because of an identity, we do church to point to Jesus. It's not about who we are. And it's not even about what we do. It's about who God is. We are called to be a body so that we can share love and so that we can show Jesus. That's what we have to do. And I love the fact that I've gotten to know you over the last decade and you have exhibited and modeled this way of love for me and my family and to one another. And I am thankful for that. But what it has to do is it has to change me and you 
so that we can go out into that world and show Jesus that as a unified people, it's not just about being friendly or kind. It's about showing Jesus to that world. And so I'm just going to ask you to do this. This week, when you get up in the morning and you think about what am I going to do? What am I going to wear? I want you to think about the fact that you are called to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And whatever it takes, I want you to suit up for it and be ready to go out and show Jesus to this world. If there's any way that we can help you as you reach out to this world, we want to ask you to do it as we stand and sing.